Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday after Liverpool 5, West Ham United 1 in the Carabao Cup at Anfield. The Reds return to not just winning ways, but playing really well. I would say alongside the Villa game early in the season, that's Liverpool's best performance of the season. It's better than anything we saw last season. As an attacking unit, I thought we were even more threatening last night than we were in that Villa game. We were a little bit looser defensively, but part of that was the state of the game. I thought we were magnificent, genuinely. From minute one, I thought we had real purpose. I thought we looked like a cohesive team. Cuevin had very little to do. If you look at the back four that started, we played a traditional back four where our fullbacks played as fullbacks. Joe Gomez started at right back, held the width and was very, very good. Very, very good. Next to him, Gerald Kwanzaa put in yet another outstanding performance. His passing is sensational. Genuinely top tier. Virgil next to him. I mean, it's just ridiculous at this point. It's silly how much better than the other centre-backs in world football he is. It's absolutely silly. The gulf between him and the next best guy 
is probably the same as the gulf between number two and like number eight. He's miles clear of them all. Costa Simicus with yet another good showing at left back. Came into the team to replace Robbo when Robbo got hurt. Had a couple of stinkers. Everybody started to doubt him, including myself. And to his credit, he has been very, very good the last few weeks. To the point where we're not actually missing Andy Robertson at the moment. Costas has been good defensively. He's good going forward. The only knock I have on him from last night is Kwanzaa played one gorgeous pass to him and he miscontrolled it. That's it. That's the only knock I would have on him. Zabozlai was brilliant, freed from having to carry water for other players. He was allowed to play further forward, allowed to play almost as a 10, and he was tremendous. He opened the scoring on 28 minutes. Outstanding from Gerald Kwanzaa to read the game step in, win the ball, lay it off to Dom. And Zaboslai, I mean, the guy only scores worldies. Four goals for us now. And three of them from outside the box. And the one that was inside the box, the first touch is incredible. And he still put it in the top corner. So, you know, he only does things with aesthetically pleasing manner. Um... Endo, really, really good performance. Feisty, aggressive, energetic, really, really good. Used the ball very well. Had a couple of nice carries as well. Picking the ball up off the centre-backs after West Ham attacks broke down. Turning into space and running into that space with the ball. Really, really good. Harvey Elliott started right side of the front three in place of Mo, and I thought it was Harvey's best start in a Liverpool jersey. I thought he was excellent. No surprise playing in his actual position, given the freedom to roam from that right wing spot. He was popping up as a 10, he was over on the left side, he was through the middle, he was dropping off. You got the whole Harvey experience. One or two maybe ill-advised shots, but you know it's good to see him having the confidence to back himself. Clearly, the goal against Palace has done a lot for his confidence. Tremendous performance. I don't think Cody played well at all. He wasn't in the game. When he was, he was quite sloppy. Only completed 12 passes in the game. Gave the ball away six times. That's poor. But he did score an outstanding goal. And hopefully, that goal can lift his confidence. Hopefully that goal can get him back into the form we saw last season, which we haven't seen at all this season. Darwin played left wing, was lively in the first half, and then really, really good in the second half. Uh, got himself an assist, hit the post, caused all manner of problems for Sufal. You'd still like to see him... Just remember to hold the run a little bit more. Now, one of the offsides, Diaz held the pass too long after he'd come off the bench. And the ones in the first half were questionable. And maybe with VAR, they would have been allowed to go and they might not have been offside. But he was really good. But man of the match was was Curtis Jones. This was an outstanding performance. This was brilliant. 
there was nothing to not love about Curtis's performance last night. His work rate was outstanding. His pressing was excellent. His defensive acumen is tremendous. He gives us balance in midfield. He gives us ball retention in midfield. He gives us a tactical understanding that other players just don't have. He sat in next to Endo in spells and let Dominic move into a number 10 spot. But then when he had the opportunity to make things happen himself, he took that opportunity. He won brilliant dribble in the first half where he beat a couple of players and then picked the right ball. And over and over again, he was picking the right ball. He was supporting Darwin when needed, supporting Costas when needed, linking with the front players. And again, settling in with Endo and allowing Dominic that more leading role. And that's what Curtis gives us. He gives us ball retention. He gives us balance. He gives us gives us defensive stability. He gives us endless amounts of work rate. And when his confidence starts to grow in games and he starts to be a little bit more instinctive and the ball starts to ping a little bit quicker, he really is a quality, quality player. Gets his first goal on 56. It's a good off-ball run. Darwin finds him. He has no angle. He has no right to score. And he puts it through Ariola's legs. Brilliantly done. He gets his second goal on 84 minutes to wrap things up. He just picks the ball up and goes at them. And you're waiting for one of them to step out and make a challenge, and then he'll lay the ball off. But they don't step out. They don't make the challenge. They back off and back off. And to his credit, he keeps driving at them, gets himself into the box, creates himself a little bit of space, and puts it in the corner. Really well-taken goal. You can criticise the defending, but you have to credit Curtis for the way he just drove at the heart of that defence. Really, really good. Uh, coming off the bench last night, we had Ibu. Ibu came on for Virgil and Kwanzaa swapped sides, which was interesting. He had a key involvement in Cody Gakbo's goal picking the ball up after his own loose touch, driving into the set into their half, knocking the ball off to Cody. Cody turned, Cody shot, Cody scored. Luis Diaz came on and had a bit of a frustrating one. There was a couple of moments where it looked like he was going to start dancing through their defence and he just went one player too many. But it's minutes in his legs. Mo came on and was terrible, but he did score. And he scored a really good goal. So that's promising. Trent came on as a as a six, really, but played it more like a deep-lying playmaker and managed to get himself two assists. Now, the first one is a real assist. It's an outstanding ball as he's falling over to Salah and Salah runs on and scores. The second one is just a layoff to, try to Curtis and Curtis manages to like I said, run through their defence because the defence just backs away. Connor Bradley also came on. And after a very poor performance against Union, very poor first half, he was better second half. He looked really good last night. 
And the primary reason he looked really good is because we weren't doing the galaxy brain nonsense. There was no inverting the fullback bullshit. He held the width and he received the ball in the areas he was comfortable in and then he made good decisions and he delivered good ball. And yes, West Ham rotated players, but like so did we. So did we. Allison wasn't even in the squad last night. Trent and Moe came off the bench. That's three of our four best players. Virgil is the only one of our four best players that started. But I thought we were excellent, genuinely. From minute one to the last minute of the game, I thought we were excellent. The one small, minuscule, barely noticeable, you'd need a microscope to find it. The one little blotch in the copybook is the Jared Bowen goal. But you've got to just give credit to Bowen. I mean, Kwanzaa, you'd like to see him be able to just get turned a little bit quicker and maybe get a block in. But it's a great goal by Jared Bowen on his weaker foot. And if you're going to let Bowen shoot, you'd rather he shoot on his right foot than his left foot. And Kwanzaa forced him onto his right foot. So, you know, it is what it is. But aside from that, I mean, they offered nothing. We just dominate. It's the only shot on target that they had. They had two shots in the entire game. Bowen got nothing out of Virgil and very little out of Kwanzaa other than the goal, got nothing out of Ibu. They started with Ariola, who's their best goalkeeper, Sufal, who's their best right back, Mavroponos and Ogbonna. So it was rotated centre-backs. Johnson, who's probably their second best fullback, though he is a right back, not a left back. Suchek and Fornals are their best midfield pairing. Kudus played, he's in their best 11. Bowen played, he's in their best 11. Ben Rama played, I think he's in their best 11. And Fornals is a really good player, but Lucas Paqueta is in their best 11. And Lucas Paqueta is probably their best player. He came off the bench. I mean, they did leave out their starting centre-backs and Paqueta, but I would say they actually had closer to their best 11 than we did. And we wiped the floor with them. And I have to say, I was a little bit nervous before the game. And then I remembered it was David Moyes. And then I remembered what his record is at Anfield. And that settled me. And I think it might have settled the team as well. They were brilliant. Like, they were so, so good. Playing a traditional 4-3-3 that was morphing into a 4-2-3-1 with Dominic moving from midfield to 10, Harvey dropping from right-sided forward to right wing. Now, Darwin wasn't dropping out the same way as Harvey wasn't roaming the way Harvey was, but he would often move central with Cody and it was almost then like we had two tens in Harvey and Dominic. Harvey playing kind of centre to wide or wide to centre and Dominic playing centrally. The system just looked so much better. It made so much more sense than the galaxy-brained nonsense that we've been playing. We played actual liquid football 
over and over again. The movement was great. The ball was pinging around. Players knew what they were doing. It wasn't a heliocentric system either. It wasn't all built around one player like the three box three is, which meant that it was like an equal opportunity attack and every player was able to contribute. Every player was able to get a shot off. Every player was able to pick a pass and play a pass and not just be forced to look for Trent. And that's not a knock on Trent. He's not the one that's designed the system. But we've made ourselves a little bit too predictable with the give it to Trent and let him make things happen approach that we've taken. Trent is better if he can supplement that. We're playing Arsenal at the weekend. I want to see us play much more like we played last night than the other way. I think if we play like we did last night, I think we cut them apart. I don't think their defence could cope with how we played last night. You bring Salah in for Harvey. I'd be inclined to play Harvey left wing and Darwin through the middle and let Harvey do the sim- do similar things to he did what he did last night, but from the left rather than from the right. Or you could play Mo through the middle and keep Harvey on the right. I think that's also something that could be considered. Um, the midfield that started last night has got to be the midfield until Alexis comes back. Can't have passengers in there. And we've had a passenger in there the last few games. And defensively, I mean, Trent has to come back in, obviously. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do wonder if maybe you go Mo, Gakbo or Darwin and Dominic as the front three with Trent, Endo and Curtis in midfield. Because I thought Joe Gomez was really good. And he he switched to left back when Costas went off for Bradley. And he was still good. I think Joe deserves a run in the team at right back. And I wonder if you played Trent, Endo, Curtis as a midfield with Dominic left side, Mo plus one of the strikers. You could shift to a 4-4-2 at times with Dominic coming a bit deeper, Trent going a bit wider. And then a Jones-Endo double pivot. And when Alexis comes back, an Alexis-Jones double pivot. And I think you'd be a lot stronger defensively because you'd have that double pivot in there to hold things together. Plus you'd have a real right back in a right back position. Plus that right back would be Gomez, who's better defensively than Trent. 
would also allow the left back to play as an actual left back where they'd be more comfortable rather than this left back, left centre back, left wing triangle of doom that they're having to fulfil in the, the three box three. I, I do just feel like maybe maybe that works a bit better in terms of balance. Get Trent into midfield, but also be able to take advantage of his crossing ability by flexing that system from 4-3-3 to 4-4-2. Get Dominic into more advanced positions. Have him on the left so he can cut inside and shoot. Get Mo more central rather than having him as an assistant linesman or assistant referee or whatever you want to call them and getting chalk on his boots, which doesn't benefit anybody. It just felt like last night we made far more sense as a team. And I went through this with Carl on Scouted the other day and I, I really just don't see that we've had many good performances with this box midfield. <clears throat> you look at last season... Obviously, we're 2-0 down against Arsenal and Klopp goes to the box midfield and we do play really, really well from there. Then we were good against Leeds, but we were dreadful against Forest. We weren't particularly good against West Ham. We were great for 15, 20 minutes against Spurs and then not good. We weren't good against Fulham. We weren't good against Brentford. We were good against Leicester, but I mean, they got relegated as did Leeds. So your two good performances there for full games are against relegation teams. We were garbage against Villa and we were a mess against Southampton. And again, you move into this season, what good performances can you point to? We weren't good at all against Chelsea. We weren't good for a large portion of that Bournemouth game. We were poor against Newcastle. We just defended well, but we went away from the Galaxy nonsense because of the red card. We were great against Villa, absolutely great against Villa. But the thing is, Villa, unlike last season, when Jacob Ramsey was tasked with following Trent into central areas and man-marking him, Villa put John McGinn on him and just left John McGinn wide, didn't bring him into central areas and gave us loads of space. We were dreadful first half against Wolves, but did play well in the second half. But in the second half, we seemed to go to more of a back four and play more of the old way. We were pretty good against West Ham. We were pretty good against Spurs. We were obviously robbed in that game. We were pretty good. We were poor against Brighton. We weren't great against Everton. We were good against Forest. We were awful against Luton. We were pretty good against Brentford. We were poor against City. We were dreadful against Fulham. We were dreadful against Sheffield United. We were dreadful against Crystal Palace. And we were an abomination against United. You're looking at a handful of games with this shape where we've played well. Now, the results have been good. So that's the counterpoint. The results have Bar Luton and United. The results have been good. Because even the loss to Spurs, number one, we lost because referees and linesmen and VAR didn't do their jobs properly. But number two, they're a big six team. Losing away to a big six team isn't a bad result. Drawing away to Chelsea isn't a bad result, even though they're garbage. Drawing away to Brighton isn't a bad result. And drawing away to City isn't a bad result. The bad results are Luton and Manchester United. 
in the same way that last season when we went to this shape, the bad result, the only bad result was Southampton on the final day, but it didn't really matter because we weren't playing for anything. But everything else was, you know, the Villa home, Villa were in great form. Villa had been so much better than us from November on, even though we finished above them from November on, they were a much better team. So I don't count that as a bad result. We got, we've gotten good results for the most part with this shape. It's just the performances haven't been good. And I don't know how long you can sustain playing badly and getting results. And I'd rather we be us. Last night we looked like us again. Lads flying about, the ball pinging about, incisive movement, chances. Like, we had 29 shots last night, 11 on target. You contrast that to United, where we had 34 shots, but only eight on target. Last night, we were creating far more opportunities. Last night, we had multiple big chances. Against United, we had won. I'd imagine our XG from last night, even with less shots, is significantly higher than it was against United. Let's have a look and see if we can find that while we're doing this. Liverpool versus West Ham. XG. So, in the first half, our XG was 0.66 and we were 1-0 up. Because we were shooting from outside the box quite a bit. By the end of the... And they had no XG at all. Because they hadn't had a shot. By the end of the game, their XG was 0.06. So, the Bowen goal is a great goal because it's a low probability chance. Our XG was 3.41. Now that's according to the XG philosophy. And obviously there's different models. His isn't the same as everybody else's. Against United, ours was uh, 2.68. So last night we had 0.8 improvement on XG according to his model. 0.8 XG is is a goal. So we did underperform against United, but last night it just felt like we were creating much better chances and our team made much more sense. United 0.7 XG at the weekend. That's obviously the Heusland chance because they did nothing else. Um... I think if we play like we did last night, we can beat Arsenal. I really do. Uh, Jürgen made comments about the crowd, said if people aren't up for the game at the weekend, give your ticket to somebody else. That, of course, has led to Arsenal fans getting very excited about Jürgen being scared of them. Um, Your manager played you'll never walk alone through speakers at the training ground because he's an idiot. So shut up to fuck. Uh, on this is Anfield. There is a lot on last night, so do give a look to that. We'll just quickly look at the player ratings. Queveen seven out of ten. 
Joe, 8 out of 10. Quonsa, 8 out of 10. Virgil, 8 out of 10. Costas, 8 out of 10. Endo, 8 out of 10. Zabozlai, 7 out of 10. That's that's too low. Um, Curtis, 10 out of 10. Harvey, 9 out of 10. Nunez, 9 out of 10. Cody, 7. I'm not sure how you could say Cody and Dominic performed at the same level. Really not sure how you could, but, you know. I'd agree with most of the others. I'd agree with pretty much all the others. A Harvey nine is a is a little bit aggressive, maybe an eight, eight and a half, but fair enough. Um, Harvey Elliott annoyed and disappointed with performance versus West Ham. It's because he didn't get his goal. He didn't get his goal, but he should not be in any way disappointed. He was excellent in that game. What else do we have here? Oh, we've been drawn to play Fulham in the semi-finals. The first leg will be at Anfield. Uh, it's the week commencing January the 8th. So the game will be either the 9th, which is the Tuesday, which is unlikely because I think we play Arsenal on the 7th. So I guess we'll play on the Wednesday, which is the 10th. And then the second leg is two weeks later at Craven Cottage. Now, Mo goes to AFCON in, John, in January. Their first game, Egypt's first game is the 14th. So it remains to be seen whether Mo will be able to play in the first leg because he's meant to be released on the Monday. So he's meant to play Arsenal and then he's meant to go. Now we might have to, we might be able to work something with the Egyptian FA that he can play the Fulham game and then go, but we'll wait and see. Endo goes to the Asian Cup at the same time. And their first game is also the 14th. So he's in exactly the same situation. We know we need to buy a defensive midfielder anyway. And the fact that he's going to be gone for a month. And we don't know what the situation is with Alexis because the club just don't tell you the truth ever. Means we'll have to wait and see uh, what our midfield situation is. But for now, we're going to look very light very, very light, unless Curtis plays as a six. But then if Alexis is out, who plays as that second eight? I mean, you could go Trent, Curtis, Dominic, maybe. It's very attacking. It could be great. It could be a lot of fun. But that's that's kind of all you have. If someone gets hurt, you're screwed. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, <coughs> there's a piece about the United game. Piece about those semi-finals. Piece about Klopp talking about the fans. Uh, there's a lessons learned piece about last night, and there is the uh, the player ratings and the article about the man of the match, which was of course Curtis Jones. Um, there is post-match raw from last night. Guy Drinkle hosting with myself and Trev. There's also the latest songs of Anfield. Uh, Dave Davis and David Jags from the Ragamuffins and they're talking about Alay 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 and then if you haven't heard it please do make sure you listen to the latest Under Pressure and the latest Minefield which is brilliant there is Rival Recon coming for Arsenal there's a Scouted being recorded in half an hour for Arsenal I believe there's a Scouted Tommy's being recorded today as well 
I'm assuming there's a Moby on the spot coming as well. So loads and loads from Anfield Index, and I will see you all tomorrow. So take care of yourselves and have a nice day. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.